Welcome in everybody to the first and gold podcast episode number one and we are partnered with the Irish Tribune super excited to be here my name is Nick I'm joined here by my co-host Joe Joe how we feeling today man I'm fired up I'm fired up first episode we're live on the air now I'm ready to rock and roll and talk some Notre Dame football yeah buddy man um we are uh as we're recording we are 10 days out 10 days until we finally get football on our TV screens. I'm I'm so ready. This has been a long summer, man. I feel like I we've been waiting forever. But uh um, 100%. Seriously. Um but let's let's go ahead and dive right into it, man. Uh segment 1, we got some recruiting stuff uh, we want to talk about. Not a ton going on. Um and then we'll dive into some fall camp news. Uh, followed by some some over unders and segment two for the season, uh, and then we also have some questions. Um, so let's just dive right on into it, man. Let's uh, segment one. Let's start off with some recruiting news. Um, recently, Nate Roberts, class of twenty twenty five, commit uh, decommitted from Notre Dame. Uh, he you know he's a pretty pretty highly rated tight end, very talented player. But we got a lot of time, man, and and tight, you know, tight in Notre Dame. Not a, not a huge worry, but um, there's some rumors going around. Maybe throwing a little bit of blame. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on this? Should we be worried? What do you think? Well, if there's one room that you know I really don't get nervous about or panic about, it's probably the tight end room. I think it's easy to say or declare Notre Dame is, you know, tight end you when it comes to uh, universities and getting guys from, you know, the college level to the pro level. I mean, all Jared Parker has to do when he walks into any living room that, you know, he wants, you know, a tight end prospect out of, you know, just lay that resume out there, lay that resume (laughs) out there of of people that have come through Notre Dame and has been – uh, successful, not just at Notre Dame, but also on the professional level and getting drafted at, you know, obviously with the NFL and, and having successful careers there. So there's one room I'm not worried about. It's it's the tight end room. Yeah, buddy. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, if it, if it was D-line or, uh, you know, wide receiver or corner, sure, I'd be a little worried. But, you know, this is a – it's a deep tight end class anyway. I mean, you, you've got the legacy uh, – and James Flanagan, um, I'm sure he'll be joining the class fairly soon. Um, and he's a very talented player. And, and I still think Notre Dame will look to to take take two in this class. Um, t- Joe, t- tell us a little bit about some of the rumors that are going on, you know, on social media and, and why Nate says that he felt he needed to decommit. Yeah, so – you know, obviously, you know, like a lot of Irish fans, they saw on Twitter this past week of, you know, some some slander against, you know, 
Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker and their recruiting tactics, um, making promises such as, you know, Nate Roberts had the understand or he understood that he was going to be the only tight end in the class. And that's what, you know, led to, you know, the decommitment and losing trust within, you know, the staff. When I hear these kind of rumors, you know, it obviously, you know, is some red flags, especially when it's so early for, you know, 2025, uh, you know, to be taught. We're still, you know, worried about our 2024. Right. Those, those guys haven't even signed. So for this little drama thing to, you know, kind of, you know, stir up this week um, regarding, you know, Nate Roberts uh, decommitment is, you know, I do have some things to, to say about it because when, when those rumors are swirling on Twitter, you know, people people tend to put a lot more weight on it than, you know, the actual facts are on the matter. And it would be crazy for me to think that Notre Dame, Jared Parker, Marcus Freeman promised Nate Roberts that he was going to be the only tight end in the class this early in the process as well. I mean, if you yeah, look I'm back at just uh, if you look back just the recruitment this this summer when he committed, were we not also going after Carter Nelson hard, making yeah. a hard push for him before he committed in Nebraska? I mean, if Carter Nelson committed to to Notre Dame, would that mean Nate Roberts? Uh, we would say no to Nate Roberts, you know, or that would mean that would be a deal breaker for you know the Nate Roberts and his family. You know, it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, especially when you look at the tight end room. You know, you lose Kane Baron. You don't know what, um, you know, what comes of 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 Eli Raritan or Holden Stays or Mitchell Evans. You know, and, they... and Ballman and Ballman can't stay healthy. So I mean, it. Yeah, it's one of those things. I I felt like, especially after they didn't get Carter Nelson, this class was going to be a, a two tight end class, and it's very deep, and. Everything that we know or that we have heard and know about this staff and, and and interviews with past recruits and commits is this staff is always very upfront, very honest. Like, haven't we heard yes. that from tons of recruits? So yes. for him to all of a sudden come out and say this, you know, what, two months after he committed, it's kind of it kind of sounds like there's a little bit of blame game going on. And yes. that's also the unfortunate thing is like the coaching staff can't defend themselves. They can't talk about these recruits. And so <laughs> no. these guys can say whatever they want, but you know, I, I don't want to bash on the kid, whatever. I no. wish him good in Oklahoma, but it does suck because these sorts of things, they take on a life of their own on social media. Oh, And then of course, opposing coaches, you know, they're going to use it as, um, oh, it's you know, bait. Yeah, it's stuff to badmouth Notre oh, Dame. The, but... the Notre Dame haters will will see that information and blow it up. Blow of it course. up. You know, they, they see that as, you know, obviously opportunity to dunk on Notre Dame. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that stuff, you know, whether, you know, which, you know, we don't know if it's true or not. You know, we don't know 100% all the facts. But I would be thoroughly surprised if, you know, what is said about the two tight end thing and, you know, these promises I'd be shocked. and, you know, Notre Dame stopped recruiting him as hard as they were because he committed, you know, all this stuff that, you know, has, yeah. has been leaked. I mean, he committed three months ago 
two months ago? So, something like that, yeah. I mean, it was just this summer. So, I mean, what changed in the last eight to, you know, ten weeks since, yeah. since this was, you know, ultimately your, uh, you know, the kids' dream school? Now, um, you know, it's it's the blame game. The Notre Dame haters are, are, are grabbing hold of it and seeing what, what gasoline they can throw on that fire. And, um, of course. and what sucks is, you know, the truth doesn't. Uh, isn't able to come out, um, you know, regarding the the entire situation on on how this yeah. actually all went down. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate, but Notre Dame will be fine. It's like you said, uh, there's one position. Well, there's probably two positions that we really don't ever oh. have to worry about Notre Dame and recruiting, and one of them is tight end. So <laughs> I think we'll be just fine. Um, kind of to put a bow on the 25 class. Are there any prospects that um you're really excited about or you'd really like to see notre dame land in the 25 class well it starts with me with one person and basically one person only and that has me thinking about deuce knight deuce deuce Deuce, i love it the lefty the lefty from mississippi now i know he just transferred up into tennessee um, which gives Caleb me a little Beasley bit, school. Yeah. Caleb Beasley school, you know, gives me a little bit worried that he's now in Tennessee's backyard. Um, yeah. but man, watching this kid's highlights, you, the ceiling that this kid has, you know, just with he's you know his athleticism. Tools, yeah. He's got yeah. the tools, things that you can't just coach, you know, things, these are things that, you know, are just kind of, you know, born into him, whether, you know, it's his length, it's his size, the way he moves in the pocket, the way he throws the rock. I mean, it's it's impressive watching him on, on film. And I just think, you know, in, in college football and for Notre, Notre Dame to, you know, keep putting themselves in the best position to be title contenders, that quarterback room needs to be as, be as good as it can be. You know, it needs to be elite. And when it. you're getting guys like, you know, I'm a big believer in Kenny Minchie. I love CJ Carr. If you back that up with, with Deuce Knight, you know, that's a trifecta that, that puts Notre Dame's in, in the conversation of elite QB rooms, such as, you know, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georgias, et cetera. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, you look at what those top teams are doing every year in recruiting, and that's their – they're signing a big time quarterback. And and if we can stack, like you mentioned, you know, Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, and then Deuce Knight, I mean, my God, that, well, we're sitting pretty. So, I, and I, honestly, I feel pretty good about where we're sitting with Deuce Knight. I, I really do. So I, I think that's a, that's a great pick. A couple other guys I wanted to throw in there that I really like uh, Christopher Burgess. Out of Chicago, he's a big D lineman, man, and and he's just got he's got some of those intangibles about him. He, he's freak athlete, tough, huge. I, I, he's one that I'm really hoping ends up at Notre Dame along with uh, Talon Taylor, the the wide receiver. So he was going to be my next um, one. Yeah, yeah, I think he's big time, and it sounds like he wants to stay close to home, which that bodes well for the Irish as well. But. Um, we don't have to spend a ton of time on the 25 class, you know, long ways to go for that. Um, but we did have some, um, some big news in basketball recruiting. Uh, Notre Dame picked up a, a commitment from Sir Muhammad. Um, 
And uh, so, so what are your thoughts on him? Have you had a chance to to check him out at all, Joe? And and what do you think about the job Shrewsbury's doing so far? Man, for for Notre Dame, you know, basketball fans, you know, they have to be thrilled on what they're getting from 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 Michael Shrewsbury. Um, you know, landing Sir Muhammad is 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 big time for for the program um, because. I think everyone's kind of in the know that this year and this roster that they currently have, um, you know, may go through some um, some pain <laughs> during their yeah, season. It might be a tough year. But... It may be a tough year, yeah. but you know, this is the these are the stamps of approval that you could kind of show um, to recruits um, that you're starting to get the guys that you want, that you are starting to build the roster that that you see to be successful to, you know, play in the ACC and, you know, starting with, you know, a Sir Muhammad, uh, Cole Curta, you know, Garrett Sundra, um, you know, those are three elite guys. Um, and two of those guys are in the top hundred national. So, uh, it's an awesome, awesome start, you know, according to two, four, seven right now, they are, you know, the fifth ranked highest, uh, you know, for the 2024, Which, um, that's crazy, class Fifth? So I didn't fifth. know that. Fifth. Whew. So that's um, big news. I don't, you know, looking at, you know, the only teams that are behind now, it's still early. You know, teams are, 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 you know, guys are still holding out. But right now, you know, they they are sitting number five, according to 247 regarding the 2024 class rankings. And that would be ahead of Duke, you know, Connecticut, who's, who's just off their title, Arizona. Wow. Um, so, you know, for Irish fans, you know, I think they, you know, obviously Micah needs to prove it on the court. And, you know, again, they may take their lumps this year. I think everyone's aware the roster's not up to to standard, um, you know, due to, you know, guys leaving and et cetera. But, um, you know, future's bright. Future's bright. You, you can't be, um, you know, upset with what, you know, Micah's been able to do in, you know, the short time he's been, you know, labeled as Notre Dame's uh, head basketball coach. Tell you what, man, I'm I'm fired up for some Notre Dame basketball, and for, of course, first football. I mean, come on. But what Micah Shrewsbury has done so far, I've been very impressed, and uh, I'm pretty fired up for him. So I, I think the basketball team will be headed in the right direction. It's going to take a little time, but um, pretty excited about it. But um, all right, Joe, let's jump into some fall camp. Uh, so Pat Coogan has beat out Billy Shrouth for the left guard spot. Shock. I know. Right. I, this, <laughs> this, this shocked both of us um, as we talked about. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? So, so I guess before we get your thoughts. So that brings the anticipated starting lineup as Joe Ald at left tackle, Pat Coogan at left guard, Zeke Carell at center. Rocco Spindler at right guard and Blake Fisher at right tackle. How do you feel about that O-line? Do you think that's a, a Joe Moore award-winning level offensive line, or is that too bold a prediction? So here, here, here's my spin zone on that. Um, first of all, let's just tip our cap to, to Coogan, right? Winning yeah. that that guard spot, I don't think he's anyone that was really on anyone's radar from um, any of the beat riders for for Notre Dame. 
um, you know, as as a guy that would solidify himself as as the starter and guard. Um, I don't think anybody saw that. Coming. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I, shocker, but sorry, go ahead. No, and and here here's my spin zone. So, you know, my first reaction, hot reaction when, you know, um, you know, I read about, you know, Coogan kind of, you know, running with the ones and it's kind of, you know, as you kept, you know, getting further into practice reports, uh, you know, you basically kept hearing like, you know, Coogan's still with the ones, you know, Coogan's still with the ones. And it's like, you know, dang, this guy, this this guy sounds like he, he may have this wrapped up. And one thing I'll give Joe Rudolph uh, credit for, and this is why, you know, I'm spinning in my head is because everyone was expecting Billy Shrouth to, to be the guy, you know, everybody was yeah. wanting, you know, Christophic to be, you know, you've had like kind of the Christophic camp and uh, the Shrouth camp, you know, Shrouth with, you know, the higher ceiling, Christophic with the experience, you know, and, you know, it would have been easy for Joe Rudolph to, you know, go into this, you know, camp, um, you know, when it, you know, obviously started probably back in spring, but going to summer and fall, and then obviously now in fall camp, um, you know, to, you know, please the fans, go with, you know, what's kind of expected, go with the experienced guy or go with the guy that, you know, has a hot, lot of hype um, and build up for, you know, his potential in, in Billy Shrouth. And seems like he let the cards play out, let the tape kind of, you know, sh- you know, go over it with his eyes uh, uh, on the tape. And he decided to go with Coogan. And, you know, I got to trust Joe Rudolph that, you know, Coogan has earned that spot, tip my cap. And, you know, I hope he – he busts his butt and, and, and kicks some some serious uh, opponent ass when when he gets on the field. Absolutely, man. Uh, I I think it says a lot about Coogan, um, kind of like you brought up. Um, but I, I don't think there's any doubt that Shrouth is going to be a great player for Notre Dame. Um, but it, it's kind of like, you know, we talked about last week how everybody was – freaking out about Rocco Spindler, you know, last year. Why isn't he starting? You know, is, is he a bust? Blah, blah, blah. Like, people forget that offensive line is one of the toughest positions to to get acclimated to at the college level. Like, that's a huge jump from high school to college. Mm-hmm. So, I, I love that Rocco won the job this year, but it, it usually takes three, two, three years to get into mm-hmm. the starting lineup. Everybody is Joe Alder, Blake Fisher. Yep. So I'm really happy for Coogan, um, but also still excited for Shrouth. And I got to be honest, man, I'm excited about this offensive line as a whole. I I think the potential is very high for this group. I, I worry a little bit about our guards and pass protection, watching Rocco in, in the spring game and stuff. I he, He's great as a mauler up front. He worries me a little bit in pass protection. Coogan, uh I, I got to see a little more, but other than that, man, I I really think they have uh, they have a shot to be something special up front. So yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, the freak list. Uh, who is it that put that out? I uh, just slipped my mind. Um, the Athletic with Bruce Feldman. Yes, yes, with Bruce Feldman. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the Notre Dame guys that uh, that we had on there and and how what some of their numbers were. So Bruce Feldman with the athletic put out his freak list and uh, how Bruce, I believe gets this data is by talking to, you know, strength and conditioning coaches. So, 
it's not him just, you know, uh, I would say guesstimating on, you know, uh, on based off, you know, rosters and looking at guys' sizes. Uh, I think, you know, Bruce Feldman really does his research. Um, you know, and before I get to the guys that, um, you know, made the list, there was an honorable mention, which I'll start with, and that was Jaden Mickey. Now, this Bruce, one blew my mind. Oh, and these, these, these numbers are, are unbelievable. And, and where would you put Jaden Mickey? He's about cornerback number three, three. four, three, four. Yeah. You know, if you put Clarence Lewis in there, because I know he's kind of a hybrid right now. Um, but yeah, yeah Jaden Mickey's kind of probably solidifying himself as, as option three in cornerback. And, you know, unless you want to put Thomas Harper. But again, Jaden Mickey, here was his, 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 um, you know, freak stats. So weighs in at 180 pounds, bench 380, did 21 reps of 225 and 47 pull-ups. And then on top of that was clocked at running 21.74 miles per hour. That is insanity. <laughs> like, I <laughs> I was blown away when I first saw those numbers. And then even just hearing you rattle them off again. That is crazy. He's 180 and he's benching 380 and he's putting up 225 21 times. That yeah. They're like D linemen and linebackers that can't do 21 reps of 225. Like that is wild. Bonkers. Uh, yeah. Bonkers, bonkers. And do you know what? I think this, you know, it shows what kind of guys that coach Mickens is getting, right? We're getting, we're hearing yeah. a lot of chatter about Christian Gray. Um, you know, obviously we know what Benjamin Morrison, AKA Benny Clamps, Benny um, Clamps, Benny Clamps, Cam Hart. I mean, Mike Mickens is truly building that cornerback room, you know, from, you know, from top to bottom as, as elite, as up there with the Georgia and Ohio States, you know, that's what Notre Dame is aiming for. How do we become national title contenders? It's, is getting all of these rooms up to elite status. And, you know, for, for Jaden Mickey, you know, obviously we know what Benjamin Morrison, but, you know, Christian Gray on top of that, it, it gets me really excited about, about our secondary, and I'm sure you agree. Dude, I, Mike Mickens is the MVP of the assistant coaches, in my opinion. That room, I, I cannot remember – I, it would probably be back to the days of Shane Walton and Vontez Duff would be about the closest I can compare to to what we have right now at corner. It's it's incredible. I You're right. This group, these corners can play with anyone in the country. Like they are national title winning corners. And it's not just the two starters. It's not like – you know, when uh, we played Clemson and Julian Love got hurt, like we're deep, man. It's mm-hmm. it, very impressed with what Mike Mickens is doing. I hope he sticks around for a long time. But uh, who else was on that freak list? Yes. Yeah, so coming in at 82 at Notre, on Notre Dame um, was Javante Jean-Baptiste. Uh, so what he has listed here is obviously six four and a half, two hundred sixty. 260 uh, pounder broad jump. 10-5 this offseason, vertical jump of 35 inches, and on the GPS, he had 20.4 miles per hour. The most impressive Jeez. that Bruce uh, you know, quoted in this was 45 pull-ups. 
45 pull-ups for the 260-pounder. Man, I don't even think I can bust out one pull-up. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I, oh. I, I, the, these, and I cannot wait to watch him play. Like, I watched his highlights from Ohio State. And I actually saw him outside of the goob one day, and he just he looks like a freak athlete. I and I really hope it translates, man. If he can come, we need come him. in, we need him. yeah, and bring that pass rush, man. We'll be sitting pretty. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Those are crazy numbers. And then at thirty-two, Cam Hart came in. Uh, obviously, Cam Hart he has listed as six-two and a half, two hundred four pounder. Um, you know, what he has listed uh, is he jumped, uh, you know, the broad jump was 11-2, vertical jump of 38 inches and hit 23 miles per hour on the GPS. My 23 man. miles per hour. Um, and then, obviously, he squatted. Um, he was then, you know, quoted saying he squatted 505 pounds and did 40 pull-ups. So, Cam Jeez. Hart. So, we have two guys. One, obviously, an honorable mention. And then um, Cam Hart, so two guys that are cornerbacks listed in our in uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list. And then Freaks, la- man. Yeah, last was, as you probably anticipate, Riley Mills. Riley Mills, mm-hmm. uh, bench 450 pounds, did 225 for 30 reps, squatted 635, and also hit 20.64 miles per hour on the GPS. 20.6? 20.6. Now, these Wait numbers are just crazy. 300? He's a 300. I, he's he's over 300 pounds, I'm sure. Oh, he, he's listed 6'5", 306. 306. According to Bruce Feldman. 306. 306 Moving running 20 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, man. I that is know. insanity. It, it kind of made me laugh. You know, I saw something on Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, for, you know, Obviously, I want guys to be – I love hearing that our guys are running flat fast, but, you know, hitting 23 miles per hour, I think someone put out, like, you know, Tyreek Hill, you know, was the only person that went above 23 miles per hour in all of the NFL season. You know, so the fact that oh, we had, wow. you know, a guy that um, – you know, I have guys that were, you know, allegedly clocked at, at, at this um, or at those high speeds um, – is fun, fun to listen to, but you know, I hope it translates yeah. to the field, field as well so we can see it on, on Saturdays. Wow, that's incredible. Very interesting. All right, Joe, uh, let's let's jump on over to uh, to captains. Notre Dame named their four captains for the 2023 season. Uh, we got J.D. Bertrand and Cam Hart on defense. And then on offense, we got Sam Hartman and Joe Alt. Uh, any thoughts on this? Any surprises? Just general thoughts on it. What, what do you think, there, Joe? My biggest takeaway, obviously, is, is Sam Hartman. Um, you know, he committed back in January. So he's been, you know, part of the Notre Dame program, I guess you could say, for, for eight months. And for him to win over the locker room, um, you know, shows a lot about, you know, Sam's character, um, you know, the mentality he's bringing to to the season, to, you know, the locker room, the practice field, um, you know, the fact that, you know, the guys on, on um, you know, in that Notre Dame locker room were able to point at him as, as a captain, uh, you know, really gives me, 
some excitement about, you know, what this team could be uh, with Sam Hartman leading, um, leading them, you know, obviously for hopefully a successful uh, 2023 yeah. campaign. Yeah, I, I, Sam, I was I was pumped to see it. I, I was a little worried that because, you know, this was his first year in the program that maybe he wouldn't get it. But I, I, I'm glad to see that, that he earned a captain spot. I, I'm really happy for J.D. Bertrand. Now he's going to be a two, two-time captain. I know a lot of people like to hate on J.D. Bertrand. Uh, but the dude's just a tough he, – he's a, he's a good football player. Like – He's not flashy. He he's not out there uh, doing anything crazy, but he does his job. He's hard nosed. He, he he does what he's supposed to do. Yep. And, and he's a leader. So I'm really happy for JD and Cam as well. You know, Cam with all his injury issues. Uh, I, I hope he has this year where he's fully healthy, because um, he'll be. I mean, he'll be at NFL corner as long as he can stay healthy and, and I just hope he hope he has a big year. Um, any snubs, any surprises that, that weren't named captain that come to the top of your mind? You know, I, I, I thought about this for a little bit and, you know, I know there was some, you know, speculation that, you know, Nana was, was really, um, you know, coming into his own as a leader um, for the defensive line and really in that locker room. Um, so I guess I was for one person that, you know, jumps, jumps to my head would, would be Nana that, that he wasn't included. Um, but again, I, I have no problem with the four guys they picked. They're all, um, you know, worthy of, of being captain this year. I know a lot of eyes are going to be on Sam Hartman, even, you know, being with Notre Dame's program for eight months, JD Bertrand, uh, you know, with the amount of snaps that he's had in, as a Notre Dame linebacker. Um, and then obviously you follow with Cam Hart through his resilience, as you mentioned, um, with his injuries. Um, and then Joe Walt, I mean, he, he looks like an absolute statue, um, when he's out yeah, there on the field and, um, guys talk about, about him very highly, you know, he's, he's a leader, he's yeah. an example on and off the field. So, you know, very, very happy with the four selections, but you know, the one person that, you know, I would say, Hey, maybe, um, you know, was either disappointed um, or, you know, at least, you know, fans were maybe surprised was, was Nana. What do you, what about you? Yeah, Nana, I, I really, I thought Nana would be a captain. Uh, Howard Cross was another one that kind of came to mind. And then, you know, maybe like a, like an Audric Estime or even a Blake Fisher or Zeke Corral, but I, I'm like you, I, I think these four are great. I think they're great choices. I think they're all great leaders. And, and also it's kind of nice to only have four. I mean, I remember there was a year like seven or eight. And yeah. so it felt I, like it's every position nice just, group had one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm happy for those guys. Um, and I think they'll do a good job, but I don't really have a ton more on that, but um, I think that's going to wrap up segment one. Um Segment two coming up, we'll have those uh, over-unders for some individuals on, on the team uh, and then also some questions. So we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the First and Gold podcast, segment two. Joe, we got some over-unders for the season. 
you know, yes, sir. I, Let's I, hear the takes. So I we're gonna start with Hartman. Um, I got Hartman, Estime, Thomas, Patello, Bertrand, and Morrison. Okay, they were all gonna do uh, an individual over under, and we're gonna keep track of these, and and we're gonna see how we do. But first one we got here, Sam Hartman over under twenty six and a half passing touchdowns. Should I go first? Go ahead, man. What do you think? All right, I'll take this one. I am going to go. Sam Hartman is going to be under 26 and a half passing touchdowns. Okay. So here's 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 why I'm going with that. I do think Notre Dame is going to be a run first football team. I think we have an elite um, you know, running back room where we're going to lean on those guys getting the ball once we get into the goal uh, or in the uh, red zone uh, to lean on them to get the ball, obviously, you know, past the goal line. And, you know, I see that kind of being the strength of us in the red zone. Um, Obviously, Hartman, extremely skilled. I think he's going to be, you know, passing the ball left and right. But I don't know if our wide receiver room is strong enough or experienced enough to, to get him above 26 and a half touchdowns. I think once we get closer into that that red zone area, we're going to be leaning on Estime um, and obviously the plethora of backs behind him that, that are also uber talented. I think that's, I, I think that's a good take. Um, and, and, you know, I'm like you. The, this wide receiver room scares the crap out of me. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overly confident in him. But – but Hartman will definitely throw for more than 26 and a half passing touchdowns, man. I am, I'm drinking. You're the going over. I'm going over baby. I I'm all no. in. Yeah. I am all in on Sam Hartman for this year. I, and 26 and a half. I, I bet he gets that with one, two games left. So that's, that's what I'm going for. And I agree, you know, uh, got a, Huge stable of running backs, but, man, he can put the ball wherever he wants, put the game in his hands, let him throw the rock. He'll have over 26.5 passing touchdowns. 26.5. All, right. All right, well, let me argue. Well, let, let, let's go back and forth on this. All right. All right. I just I want to make sure you're aware of this, Nick. You know, before you take this over bet, I'm going to give you some time to maybe join me on the underside here. Because right. I, think, I think Notre Dame fans will um, – you know, we sometimes overhype, you know, sometimes a wide receiver room on on what it could, you know, be going into the season. And I kind of want to wave my flag like, guys, the inexperience we have in this room is is eye popping. You know, so let me just go through this list. You know what the you know how many touchdowns Jaden Thomas had last year? Uh if receiving? I had to guess, probably like Two or three? Three. Okay. All right. And then the next guy that returns on, on our 2023 team is Chris Tyree with two. Audric Estime with one. So if you add up those guys, those are just six touchdowns yeah. receiving for returning guys. The next guy that comes into mind is, is Deion Colsey and Tobias Bear, each with one. And then obviously tight end Mitchell Evans with one. So we have a lot of 
guys on the roster that are obviously returning. You know, we are expecting to have big years, but not a whole lot of guys that have experienced catching catching balls either going into the end zone or having those those toe drags in the end zone for for touchdowns. So to expect that, you know, one of those guys get to over, because you'd have to expect if if you're going to have 26 and a half, you're expecting a, a Jaden Thomas, a Mitchell Evans, um, you know, a Tobias Merriweather to get over 10, right? Uh, we got to hope so. <laughs> we got to hope so to hit that. We got to hope so. got to hope so. So that was my reason. You know, there's just not a lot of experience with guys in the red zone battling for balls. Now, is there talent in the room that could do so? But um, I just think heavily that, you know, I think Jared Parker, once we get, um, you know, near near that near that goal line to get uh, the offense, you know, through the end zone, we're, we're going to be leaning on that running back room and the offensive line. I hear you, Joe, and, and I think those are all great points and uh, very fair points. Now, let me just read off a few stats for you, okay? Okay, here you go. I had my stats, uh, now let's so, your stats. All right, so here we go. <laughs> 2021, Wake Forest starting quarterback, Sam Hartman. He threw 508 passes, 299 completions, 4,228 yards, 39 touchdowns. Okay, wait. Well, it's just one year. All right, so let's go to last year, 2022. 270 completions, 428 attempts, 3,701 yards, 38 touchdowns. So that's two years in a row. He's at 38 and 39 touchdown passes. Fair you point. can't tell me, you can't tell me <laughs> that Notre Dame's wide receivers, as much as we're both worried about it, because I I am super worried. Tobias needs to step his, his stuff up. But 38 and 39 touchdown passes to Wake Forest wide receivers, he better have over 26 and a half touchdown passes. That's all I'm going to say on that one. That's a fair argument. Fair, fair, fair argument to say the least. I think Wake okay. Forest, you know, leaned on Sam Hartman's arm to, you know, get True. them to the end zone more than, you know, the offensive line that Jared Parker's gifted with um, and the running back room that that he can rely on. But it will be fun. I think 26 and, um, you know, 26 and a half touchdowns is kind of a good uh, middle of, of where what to expect to Sam Hartman. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I, I'm sticking to my under, but that's a good argument that he's had you know, over 35 plus in the last two years at Wake Forest. I love it, man. I love it. And and I will say I'm only so passionate about it because I already put my small bet for him to <laughs> hit the over on uh, on FanDuel. So, all right. Bet responsibly. Now, I like it. Right. Responsibly. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's jump into pass yards. Sam Hartman pass yards over under 2,800 pass yards. What do you got? Do you want, I'm going to let you take this one first. Okay, fair, fair. Um, yeah, <laughs> there should be no surprise, man. I'm, I'm going over. I am on the Sam Hartman train. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, and looking at the stats again, you know, last year he threw for 3,701 yards. The year before, 4,228 yards. So... Yeah, this is an easy one for me. I'm going over. 
Nick, you're a smart man. I agree. <laughs> All right. I what agree. We can agree on. And here's and here's here's my main reason why. And I don't mean to dogpile on my man Drew Pine, but if Drew Pine can throw for two thousand yards as he did last year, <laughs> I better yeah. hope that Sam Hartman can throw for over twenty eight hundred. So, Good point. Like that. I, uh, so I'm definitely going over on this. I think. Um, you know, our offensive coordinator situation is going to feel more confident um, in our quarterback to, to get the ball out. I think, obviously, the experience Sam Hartman brings, um, you know, onto the field, uh, reading defenses, as we kind of saw in the spring game, um, you know, is, is exciting for me to see, uh, you know, when we, when we wake up on Saturdays and shoot here in 10 days. Um, so I think Jared Parker is going to give him some freedom in between the 20s. I'm still sticking to my 26 and a half being under in touchdowns, but in between the 20s, I think Sam Harmon is going to have some freedom from Jared Parker to, to sling that rock and uh, definitely expect him to be over 2,800 yards. I like it. Very well said. All right, we're both in agreement on Hartman. Now let's move on to the run game a little bit here. Audric Estime, 1,100 yards rushing over or under. Do you want me Ooh, so to go I'll, first? I'm going to let you go first on this one. I'll take this one. And I think I'm going to surprise some Notre Dame fans here uh, with this take, but I'm also going under here. And the reason being is I understand Logan Diggs left, um, you know, where they pretty much split the carries. But I think this running back room is so talented that it's going to force Jared Parker's hand and Marcus Freeman's hand to get those guys on the field. And, you know, that includes obviously, uh, you know, uh, Jeremiah Love, you know, Jabron Payne, uh, Jadarian Price, you know, all these guys I think are going to get looks and opportunities to touch the ball where, you know, SMA is not going to be, um, you know, counted on to, you know, have over, you know, 150 plus carries as, as he did last year, even splitting time with Logan Diggs. I think this is going to be a, a running back by committee. Now, obviously, SMA is going to, I think, take, you know, most of the share. But I do think that, you know, with, with the talent we have in the running back room, it's, it's going to be fun to see if, if Jared Parker, you know, spreads the love around um, and, and gets those guys the balls in different ways, um, including the whole running back room. I like it. Uh, and to be honest with you, I feel the same way. Um, smart man. Yeah. I, I, so, I mean, <laughs> look, so last year, Audric Estime, he rushed for on 156 attempts. He rushed for 920 yards. So 1100 yards, isn't like crazy for him to hit, but I'm like you, I, I want to say it was Devin Ford said the running back room is they're the five headed monster. I mean, I really think that every player in that running back room can be effective, if not yes. exceptional. Like, I the, the confidence that I have, even without Logan Dix, like, not even – I feel like we're not even going to miss him this year. No. And so, I'm actually more excited to kind of see those other guys touch the ball. They have absolutely. a great opportunity. I think Jabron Payne, you know, it showed me a lot when – you know, they did those drafts for the spring season or for the spring uh, blue and gold game. Yeah. And 
Jabron Payne was the first running back selected. And that showed yeah. me a lot. I think, you know, the teammates know that, you know, that dude's a workhorse and he's he's caught some eyes during spring camp um, or during the spring where where he's obviously carried that into the fall camp. And, you know, don't sleep on Jabron Payne. Uh, don't sleep you, on Devin Ford. Don't sleep on uh, Jadarian Price. Don't That's sleep on Jeremiah boy. Love. <laughs> I, I told you this last week, and this is a crazy hot take. I think – Jadarian Price will end up being the leading rusher this year if he can stay healthy. Whoa, now, that's that's very hot take, but I'm throwing it now, out there. Now, if you would have taken estimate over and then also had that take, I'd be like, how many times are we running the ball? We might just we don't even need Sam Hartman. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's the other reason I'm taking the under because uh, Sam Hartman's going to be slinging the rock all over the field, and yes, you know, so. Yeah, don't got to worry about that. We're both going under. Uh, next up, we got some receiving yards. Jaden Thomas, 500 receiving yards over, under. What you So last year, um, you know, Jaden Thomas hit 361 yards receiving with Sam Hartman in the helm. Um, and I know Jaden Thomas wasn't the primary receiver. We all know Michael Mayer was targeted the most. Um, from from last season, I think obviously Jaden Thomas, even with the hype around Tobias Merriweather, um, you know Jaden Thomas takes takes the target crown this year, um, which obviously leads to to higher yards. So I'm definitely taking the over with Jaden Thomas being being over 500 yards and also the leading receiver um, in yards for 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 the Irish. I think that's a good pick. Um, yeah, three 362 last year with. Pine at the helm. Uh, I, I think Thomas is, is one of those guys, you know, Hartman's known to throw those back shoulder balls. I, I think Thomas is a big body. He fights for the ball in the air. I, I agree with you. I'm going over. All right. Now let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Jordan Botello. My son. Your son. Right. <laughs> The oh. biggest number one fan uh, of Jordan Botello right That's here. That's you. Right yes. Here. It always has been. You've always, always loved Always has dude. been. And I love always, it. Always love a little crazy on my <laughs> defensive line. Always love a little crazy. So, yeah, what, what, what's, what's the over-under for Jordan Botello? All right. I, I should have set this higher just because I, I know you're going to say over. but It's over. I don't. I mean, you could give me any number. I'm going over. I'm going over, Nick. All right. So you're going over <laughs> eight and a half sacks. For Jordan Battaglia. I'm going over, over, over eight and a half sacks. You know, I think this guy is going to have his breakout, breakout season. You know, obviously, you know, everyone has, has been kind of, you know, you know, what should I say? You know, twirling their thumbs, waiting to see Jordan Patello bust onto the scene. Um, myself being, you know, in front of that line. And I think this is the year he does it. I think this is the year he does it. And I can't be more excited to see that guy line up um, and cause havoc havoc um, against other offensive line. All right. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Batello. I, I like the way he plays a little watch, crazy. Watch what you're about to say here. <laughs> watch what you're about to say I, here, I Nick. I hate to slander your son, but uh, I, I'm going under, man. Don't I, you do it. Don't I'm you sorry. do it. I, so, so listen, eight and a half sacks is a lot, okay? And my worry with Patello is sometimes he plays a little bit undisciplined. He gets a little crazy. 
And I have a feeling that could limit his snaps just a little bit. I think he'll have a good year. But eight and a half sacks to me is just a little bit too much. So sorry to to hate on your son. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going under. Okay, so I have to defend defend my guy here. <laughs> all right. I gotta defend. I can't just let you get away with that and we just move on <laughs> to the next guy. I'm not, that's all right, not all right, hit, hit me with it. Go ahead. So so you know Jordan Patello played 79 snaps um, in the Notre Dame 12 game 2022 regular season. Um, out of those snaps, how many do you know any sacks he had last year? Uh man, if I had to guess, I'd I'd say maybe two. Four and a half. Okay. Four and a half. Okay. And that was second on Notre Dame's defense with sacks last year, right behind Isaiah Foskey. He was wow. second with the limited snap count. So I think Jordan Batello is going to be um, a big impact player on the defensive line, even more than, than Jean-Baptiste. I think Jordan Patello is going to see this as an opportunity, as this is his year. This is his year to get to the quarterback. I think Al Gordon is going to put him in a position to get there. And, you know, obviously his snap count is definitely going to rise here in 2023, which I expect his sack number to increase as well. So I'm hammering, hammering that over. Easy, easy. I I love it. Confidence scale, confidence scale, one to 10, confident as a 10. 10. (laughs) He's hitting, it's over eight and a half. Easy. He's going to be double digits. Double digits, easy. Real quick. The the sack record that Foskey broke, what was it, 13? 13. Is he breaking that this year? Now I'm really putting you on the spot. Now, now, <laughs> now, <laughs> Nick, uh, you're putting me between a rock and a hard place. Just, just let's keep it at double digits. All right. Know? All right. I got you. I got now, you. Now, if he has a sack versus Navy, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm coming on this podcast uh, letting you know about it. Hey, I hope you do. And I hope it happens. Man. <laughs> I, I hope he breaks the record. Trip sack, fumble recovery, end zone, scoop, scoop and score. That's 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 my prediction. And some type of crazy (laughs) celebration where he's like banging his head off the goalpost or something like. All right, let's move on. Uh, JD Bertrand, one hundred total tackles, over under. I'll take this one first. Um, so last year. JD finished the season uh, with 82 tackles, 45 solo, eight and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. Um, I'm I'm a big believer, man, uh, in JD Bertrand. I know he's kind of the scapegoat, uh, and you know a lot of fans like to hate on him. I'm going over, man. I think he leads the team in tackles again. And uh, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Just definitely going over oh man i am so torn on this i i have slowly become a believer in jd bertrand i was one of the irish fans saying you know get that guy off the field you know and exactly kind of what you said when we talked about captains you know he doesn't make the flashy play you know he he kind of just makes the right play and it's right you, you kind of don't see it in live action but you know when you see you know, a replay of, of a guy, you know, coming through through a gap and, and wrapping up a running back before he even gets to the line of scrimmage. And it's J.D. Bertrand just wrapping up the guy at the legs, makes the tackle, and, and is ready for the net and is going back to the defensive side for the next snap. 
You know, he's he's not having the the huge hits. He just he's just he's assignment ready. He's making the right read and he's he's getting the job done. And I think that's why the coaching staff has loved him for for so long. Um, and I expect a big year as well. I, I think he's going to lead lead the team in tackles. With him being a captain this year, um, again, um, you know, I, I see him kind of being being the heartbeat of of, of the defense. Um, so I, I I'm going to go just to uh, you know root on my man JD Bertrand. I, I'm going over 100 tackles as well. I love it. We agree on one. All right. <laughs> Next up, well, we've agreed on a couple, but. Um, yeah, you've had some take. bad takes, but, uh, but we'll, we'll let those slide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we got our boy, Benny Clamps, a.k.a. Benjamin Benny. Um Seatbelt Benny. Seatbelt Benny. <laughs> uh, over, under, five and a half interceptions. You want to go first or you want me to? You can take this one. All right. So, last year – Benjamin had a phenomenal year, uh, six interceptions, uh, total. Um, unfortunately, uh, with last year, I think he was able to catch some, uh, some offenses off guard and I don't think he'll be able to do that this year. I think he's on everybody's radar. So I am going to say under, uh, five and a half. Um, but I, I, I still believe that he's going to have a great year. He's going to be a lockdown corner. He's he's phenomenal. But, you know, getting those interceptions, uh, quarterbacks are going to be less likely to, to toss one up his way because they know he's a ball hawk. What say you, Joe? Gosh darn it. You stole my thunder. That That's exactly <laughs> my thinking as well. I think Benjamin Morrison, the word's out. The All-American, know the name. You know, obviously, offensive coordinators are going to be shaking in their boots when they're watching Phil and Notre Dame trying to prepare against this guy. Um, you know, Benny Clamps, they're, who's going to throw to him? I, I think he's going to be an absolute shutdown corner where his stats may be boring, you know, feel like he wasn't in any place because he's just locking down his guy. Yeah. You know, quarterbacks aren't even throwing his way. Um, and obviously, that's, you know, great for Notre Dame fans. I think he's going to – you know, obviously not have the the six interceptions he did or uh, that he did the year previous um, for his freshman campaign. But I think that – and I, I would – I'd be interested to hear your take on this because, like, what if we clam or, like, you know, grouped the quarterbacks together, like – or really just the secondary, like Xavier Watts, uh, Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart. You know, you can go uh, Jaden Mickey, you know – Last year, let me count it up. We had one, two, three, four. We had ten interceptions as a team overall. Ten interceptions. Yeah. Now let's say I put six that. Six of those 20. were Morrison. Six of them were Morrison. So yeah, I don't think teams are going to throw to Morrison. But if we grouped, you know, our secondary um, into you know obviously one category and said, hey, what would Notre Dame secondary be? You know, um, if I gave you an over under for let's say. 13 and a half interceptions or 12 and a half. I think I take the over because I think, I think yeah. Xavier Watts is going to be a ball Hawk. I think Cam Hart's going to have some opportunities because now that he's, you know, obviously uh, with a tandem with Benjamin Morrison on the other side, I think that's going to create opportunity for him. You know, Thomas Harper. Um, I'm excited to kind of see what the secondary can do when you have a shutdown guy like Benjamin Morrison and honestly a really elite cornerback, obviously in Cam Hart. So I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunity for our secondary, uh, 
to be ball hawks out there. I think that's very well said. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think, I think if you group them all together, yeah, I think I would take the over as well. Um, we're definitely having more than 10 interceptions next year. Definitely. I, I, I think so too. Yeah, <clears throat> I think so too. Because right. last year in the safety position, the only interception we had in the safety position was Brandon Joseph with one. I, I see Xavier Watts having three, three or four himself. That's That would be That'd my be bold prediction. I think I think Xavier, Xavier Watts is going to have kind of a, a big time um, – I would say, you know, play back back in the secondary when when he has two shutdown corners where he can just kind of you know go over top and and and, and pretty much eye the quarterback and and, and go make some plays on, on some balls in the air. I like it, man. I agree with you. All right, last over under for us here um, is just the team over under. Vegas and Fanduel and all them have said it. They've set the line. Notre Dame wins at eight and a half where are you at joe are you over or... you know you know i'm hitting that over button i'm hammering <laughs> the over you know it's we're 10 days away from from kickoff i got the i'm drinking all the irish kool-aid right now i'm excited about the season and i look at the schedule and yes there are trap games and we'll probably go into that in, in other podcasts um, you know, obviously we have, you know, the big three that everyone has circled on on the schedule with Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. Um, I do think we win two of those games. I do think, you know, with our quarterback being uh, Sam Hartman, he's going to will uh, this Irish offense into scoring a lot of points. I think, you know, this whole physicality that has come out of camp has really excited me. Um, and I'm excited for, for us to hit, um, you know, to hit next Saturday and, and see what we got. And I'm definitely just hitting over eight and a half. I'll hold off on my prediction, but I'm definitely hitting nine or more. Yeah. We'll, we'll do predictions. Maybe, maybe next week we'll throw in, you know, like what but our eight and a half, final. but give yeah, me that over. okay. I like it. Over. And, uh, you know, this may come as a surprise to some, maybe not, but. Yeah, I'm hammering the over. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, the same that I did with the Hartman over 26 and a half passing touchdowns. I already have that bet on Fanduel responsibly, and uh, <laughs> I also have my bet in for the eight and a half wins. The over. I'm telling you, man, this is going to be a special year. Sam Hartman. We got a guy at quarterback that can flat ball out. We got a defense that's ready to play. I mean, and the D-line's coming along. I was worried about our D-tackles, but not anymore. I'm going way over. And let's not forget, <clears throat> Joe, do you remember the last time that Notre Dame opened up their season in Ireland? What happened? Remind me, Nick. We went 12-0, and and we went to the national <laughs> championship, baby. And I'm not saying that that's my prediction. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. So, well, with that information, I'm just going to let my employer know that I need to put some PTO in. <laughs> my man, <clears throat> I I got some I got some plans to make for the national championship. That's I, right. I won't be in, I won't be in Cincinnati. I'll be <laughs> following the Irish. <laughs> that's, that's right. I love it. All right. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for the over under segment. Uh, last up here, we got some questions to get through. 
uh, running a little low on time, so but we'll still hit these questions. So uh, first up uh, from Robert Halicki at B Halicki five eight five nine. He said, uh, first green on green uni. What are your thoughts? And then he says, who steps up on the D line? And then he says, season over under 10 and a half. So, Joe, you want to take this one first? You want me to? Let's start with the jerseys. Let's get uh, a okay. rapid reaction on, on the jerseys. Um, I know we spoke about this, these when they were released. Um, the all green jerseys. I give Under Armour an A. Loved them. Loved them, loved them, loved them. Loved the green pants. Loved the green, obviously, Kelly green, I guess you could say. Um, you know, jerseys, the white numerals pop. I absolutely think that the jerseys are going to come off, pop off, you know, your television screen, or even if you're you're at the game, um, you know, come September 23rd. I think it's just going to be uh, it's, it, the uniform is an A plus for me. Well said, man. Um, I, I'm just so thankful that they finally fixed the numbers, man. I, I love the color green. I, I love that Kelly color green. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that they fixed the, you know, got rid of the blue numbers and replaced them with white, I think gold would have looked sharp too. Um, but I, I thought the jerseys were great. Very impressed with the oh. jerseys. Um, They're going to pop under those lights, man. They're going to absolutely I, pop. Under I those agree. Lights. And and I know we talked about this. I, I like the green pants, but I think it would almost have looked even better with the gold pants. If they were like the shiny gold, though, which that's a conversation for another time. But um, that's my now, thoughts. For... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, but I'll just say for, you know, I can see, I think the gold pants would actually look great on it, too. I mean, either way, I, I thought they did a, you know, A plus job. Um, but for as good as they did for the green uniforms, I was about as disappointed the other way, uh, you know, with the Ireland reveals, those would, those, those did not do it for me. I don't see anything special about them besides, you know, the little, um, you know, obviously Irish graphic, um, you know, they have on, on the sleeve and then obviously the, the small, small faint, you know, uh, green, white, and orange to replicate the, the Ireland flag, um. Yeah, that those were those were a little disappointing, but green uniform, thumbs up. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I I was expecting a little bit more uh, for the Ireland game jerseys, but it is what it is. Um, you know. All right, next part. Uh, who steps up on the D line for the Irish this year? Do you know what? You know, obviously, I already talked about about uh, my guy Jordan Botello. I think he's going to have a monster, monster year. Um, but I'm going to go with, you know, I don't know if I can go with two guys. Sure, go but, ahead. You know, who, who steps up on our D-line? You know, we kind of know who Riley Mills is. We know who, um, you know, Howard Cross is. But I'm really excited to see, um, you know, our second line um, in the interior for 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 our line, uh, for our defensive line. And that's with uh, Anya and Gabriel Rubio. I think those two – have had a you know a lot of great uh you know chatter about them you know how how they approach fall camp and how they're performing and i'm excited to see them obviously take it to the field um on saturdays i think those are great picks i and they've been balling out in camp as well i i think it's it's both of their years to really i mean have a big year i guess um yeah 
But uh, I guess uh, I'm going to go with two as well. Uh, Howard Cross is one of my, if not my favorite, one of my favorite players on this team. I just love the way he goes to work. He's undersized, but that doesn't matter. He's he's just a bulldog in there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to continue to have a great year. And I think with uh, the depth behind him, like you brought up, that is, is coming together, I think that'll help get him off the field to rest a little bit. And I think he'll benefit from that. Uh, in the long run. And then the other guy, I, I'm I'm on the hype train for uh, JJB, Javante Jean-Baptiste, man. I, he, he was on the freak list. Um, I, I'm We didn't get to see him in the blue gold game. I can't wait to see him in action. I, I think he's a freak. If he can, uh, if he can get going, man, I think, I think he could be in for a real big year. So 100%. And if we want to be national title contenders, which we're all aiming um, or hoping for for Notre Dame to do, we need to have edge rushers. We got to get to other okay. teams' quarterbacks. So you know, that's that's going to be a big responsibility for for our edge guys, especially our big ends. It, it's probably the most important thing. I mean, we have the corners, mm-hmm. we have we have the linebackers, and and safeties are solid. Like we we got to be able to get to the quarterback. So I agree with you. All right. Uh, so Robert also wants to know season over under 10 and a half. This is a much tougher line than, uh, <laughs> eight and a half I like, Vegas had. Yeah. I like Vegas for the one for, yeah. for once in my life. I like Vegas lines rather than <laughs> our own fan lines. But, um, you know, for me, if it was 10 and a half, I, you know, if my mortgage was on it, you know, <laughs> if I had to put, you know, a hefty, uh, hefty payment toward this over under. I think I'm hitting the under. Um, you know, there's it's just a tough schedule. I mean, it is a grueling 2000, you know, uh, 23 football schedule for not just Notre Dame to go through. If anybody was in Notre Dame spot for you know any team to 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 go through, um, the you know, you're brutal, man. I mean, brutal, brutal. We, there's trap games. There's good coaches you're playing against. And you're we're playing, playing against. three of the top. 10 preseason teams like yeah. come on nobody else is doing that but anyway sorry i didn't mean notre, notre notre dame haters when you know obviously they come out of the woodwork to say you know notre dame doesn't have a good schedule oh, they, yeah. they always all overlook these these things um you know and it, and it gets it's so tiring as a notre dame fan to just hear this year after year but these are the facts you know you, you're playing three of the top nine preseason teams and, and I do think there's some teams on there that are going to surprise people. I think NC State's going to be really good. I think Duke's going to be really good. You know, Louisville's going to be well coached. So, um, you know, there are some teams on, on this schedule that are going to, you know, play Notre Dame like it's their Super Bowl. And we see it year after year. So, yeah. you, know, you know, I'd probably go under on 10 and a half. Um, obviously, would love if they went over. But if I had to put, you know, obviously – um, a good sum of money of, in my possession, I, I'm probably making the safe bet of under. I think that's probably the smart pick, um, but you're wrong. It's well, over. I'm a smart guy. Nick. It's, I'm, it's I'm over guy. all day, Joe. It's <laughs> over, baby. I'm telling you, it's going to be a big year. And the reason is Sam Hartman. That's all I got to say about that. Hey, if the over hits, <laughs> that's the, you know, the best money I ever lost. Uh, right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got another question here from uh, Charles Chacon at Charles Chacon 54. It says, how does Notre Dame fit into all the conference realignments? 
Will there be changes to the playoffs next year because of the changes? Does that force Notre Dame possibly to join a conference? Um, I, I'll go ahead and take this one first. I, I think honestly, with a lot of these moving parts in the conferences, I think it's almost kind of strengthened Notre Dame's position in a way. And I know people are probably like, Preach. what are you talking Preach. about? But uh, Chip Kelly came out and was like, Notre Dame's doing it right. Like, I, I think people are starting to realize that, you know, everybody's just looking at football and at dollar signs mm-hmm. and they're not looking at the student athlete. So I, I think in the long run, uh, this this will be okay for Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's sitting in a good spot. They still have access to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only thing that worries me is if the ACC falls apart, and then you know where do we? Uh, where's our home for the rest of our Olympic sports? But um, I I don't think they're going to change anything uh, about the playoffs right now. Uh, in the future, probably. But as it stands right now, I'm not overly worried about Notre Dame being forced to join a conference. Joe, what do you think? No, I've, I've, I 100% agree on what, what you just said there. I think it has, you know, as, you know, all this hoopla about, you know, uh, Stanford, Cal, where are they going to go? Um, you know, where, you know, with Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten, um, you know, Basically, you know, what I take away from it, and I think, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans are taking away from it, is it strengthens Notre Dame's, um, you know, position to be independent. You know, we're in a great spot. Um, you know, we're putting, a, you know, we are thinking of our student athletes. We're not, you know, making our, our softball team, um, you know, travel to the West Coast, you know, three, three times a year by, you know, wanting to join the Big Ten just for, for dollar signs. I think, you uh, yeah, we're, we're strengthening um, our position to remain independent and also still, you know, gives us that unique feel um, that, that Notre Dame football has had and in cherishing the rivalries that, that we that we have to uh, continue. And, you know, if, if people are going to hate on us, hate on us all you want. Hate on Notre Dame all you want. Um, Go ahead. This is what this is what, you know, what I love about being a Notre Dame fan, because you hate us because you ain't us. That's Preach. What I, that's what I think. And. You know, to backpedal a little bit on this, here's here's like me for for seeing, you know, kind of how you said like there are little concerns, you know, with you know all this money, you know, all this, you know, I would say that's probably going to have with all this money and obviously conference realignment. My concern is is Notre Dame going to get squeezed out? You know, does yeah. does the Michigan uh, or really not Michigan is not a good good example, but. You know, for, you know, the non, um, you know, people outside the, the non-ACC opponents we play, like the USC's, you know, the Ohio State's. I know we're playing Texas A&M um, here in coming years. Um, do those teams, now that their conferences are getting bigger, do those conferences say, hey, we want to have, you know, longer conference seasons? Do they have 10, 10 games where now that they're going to play, you know, um, you know, more Big Ten opponents or more SEC opponents, they don't want to schedule a non-conference opponent on top of their hard Big Ten or SEC schedule to also add a Notre Dame. So I'm curious if that, you know, puts Notre Dame in a position down the road in, in coming years. Now I'm thinking like 2025, 26, 27, you know, games that haven't been scheduled yet where 
you know, a Michigan looks at it and like, I don't know if we want to, you know, get another contract with Notre Dame. You know, the Big Ten is going to be hard enough already. You know, we already got Oregon and Washington about to join the schedule or however the schedule shake out. That that would be, you know, one concern I have that, you know, we kind of get pushed into a corner due to scheduling, due to scheduling. So I I would echo those concerns. I, I think – that is the because what's the incentive? Like if right. you're Ohio State, you know, like why should we, you know, schedule Notre Dame? Our conference schedule is going to give us enough, you know, big games in quotes, yeah. um, you know, to to get us into the college football playoff, and especially if the college football playoff is expanding to twelve teams. You know, yeah. you can be, you know, ten and two, air nine and three, and as long as you have the brand like Ohio State, you know, the Michigans, the USC's. You know, you're probably going to get in that top twelve. Yeah, I no, I think that that's a real concern. But I, I think as of today, we're okay. But again, no, it's I, always changing, and and you know, hopefully we can make it out of here with our independence. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's those those are decisions and forecasting uh, that people above our pay grade have. To <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> thankfully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully. All right, we only got time for one more question. Uh, a couple other questions we'll say for, for next week. But uh, last question here, name a player that most fans haven't really heard of, but like the common fans, not the ones that are reading mm-hmm. message boards every day. Um, but we'll, but everyone will know by the end of the season. You want to go first? Ooh. You want me to? Ooh, no, you take this one. You take this one. Uh, I'm going to go with, a walk-on wide receiver. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Who? At number 80, Jordan Faison. Faison, Faison, oh. Faison. He's also a lacrosse. The lax bro. He's a lax bro. The lax bro. bro. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and, and he's just been he's been tearing it up in camp. And he, he's fast. He's twitchy. He's a little undersized. He's only a freshman. But I think he will make an impact on special teams this year. Uh, and and a little bit of an impact as a receiver, we'll see. Hopefully, but I I just have a feeling that uh, you know most Notre Dame fans probably don't know anything about him, but they'll know who he is by the end of this year. What do you got, Joe? I love that pick. I you know got lacrosse in my background. Yeah, I always have love for my lacrosse guys, so uh, definitely love that pick. And you know from from what. You know, obviously I've read um, and obviously, you know, you know, seen reports of he's really caught eyes. He's really has caught eyes. So I'm excited to see him as well. Um, My guy is going to be on the defensive side. Um, And this guy is a guy that when he committed in the summer, um, I I was pretty or um, I was pretty juiced when when we got him. And, And that's my man, Antonio Carter. Antonio Carter from Rhode Island, from where we got in the transfer portal. Um, you know, I'm excited for him to find a role in this Irish defense. And I think he's going to be able to make plays. I really do. I think he's played, um, obviously, you know, good football where he was getting offered from, you know, LSU, Florida. You know, all these big-time Southern programs were, 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 were battling us for him. I mean, heck, you know, Brian Kelly had – had a, had a limousine driver or whatever. Yeah, he had the car um, service know. waiting outside the goog, man. <laughs> yeah, had the car service waiting out. And this guy stole my heart by telling that 
telling that car service to go, hey, I actually don't need it. I, I found my <laughs> home right here. I so, know. How great is that, man? I mean, that's just – that's So amazing. I'm rooting for this guy heavily. I think it was a need that, you know, we actually – uh, needed to get uh, in our secondary to kind of solidify our, our safety room. Um, and with the experience he brings at Rhode Island, um, from what I've heard and, and uh, you know, obviously seen through practice reports that, you know, he's a guy that, that's also flashing and in this Aztec, I think that's what they're calling yep, it. Um, yep. and, um, I would say defensive alignment that they have out there where they're, they're putting extra safeties on, on the field. I, I think Antonio Carter is going to be my, my dark horse as, as a guy that, that fans may, may get to know very well this season that, you know, obviously wasn't part of the Notre Dame football 2022 year, but will we'll, we'll obviously be making some noise for 2023. I think that's a great pick, man. I, I'm excited about Carter as well. But um, all right, guys, that's going to do it. Uh, don't forget – uh, follow us on 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 the, all the socials uh, on Twitter. Uh, my at is at Nick Kramer it. Uh, Joe, you want to hit him with yours? Yeah, Joe underscore Kramer uh, underscore it. So and then follow uh, me. Yep, yep. And uh, also, don't forget to follow uh, the Irish Tribune at the Irish Tribune. And uh, We'll be back next week. Make sure you uh, send us in your questions, whether you want to do that uh, through DMs or or on Twitter. We'll make a post about it. But, uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, talking with you guys next week. And, um, yeah, go Irish.